The American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering with 28 offices along the Gulf Coast. The folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numeric modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. And now they have a brand new coastal resiliency department headed up by our very own Peter Ravella. Check them out at lja.com. We are also brought to you by Coastal Transplants. Coastal Transplants prides itself on offering specific environmental and horticultural expertise with practical first-hand knowledge of all aspects of coastal revegetation projects. Their high-quality native and wetland plants, extensive agricultural and horticultural experience, along with their skilled and respectful crews, make Coastal Transplants your one-stop solution for restoring coastal ecology of your barrier island community. Learn more at CoastalTransplants.com. And we are brought to you by the Dune Science Group. Did you know that fiberglass is one of the strongest and most durable building materials in the world? That it is resistant to deterioration caused by UV light and salt water? Well, the Dune Science Group does. They offer a full slate of solutions for dune walkovers and boardwalks that are made of fiberglass and built to last. They can handle your dune walkover project from beginning to end, including permitting, design, and construction of the strongest and most durable dune walkover on the market. Learn more at the dunesciencegroup.com. Hello, and welcome to the 15th episode of the Waterlog Podcast. My name is Dan Ginolfi. And I'm Howard Marlowe. Thanks very much to the American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today for hosting us. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the, the CORE's FY20 work plan, uh, the California projects that were funded in the FY20 work plan, the new director of civil works, its word of time in Washington, and a little, a little editorial at the end about how uh, the FY21 U.S. coastal policy is literally a disaster. Big news today is on February 10th, the core work plan came out. We were waiting for the work plan for, well, about a year, but finally came out on, on February 10th, which we heard, which it was going to come out, and it did, yeah. which is good. Yeah, the baby, the baby was born. Uh, so there's some winners and losers, but before we get into that, let's talk about the, uh, the six new study starts and six new construction starts uh, that were included in, in this year's proposal. Uh, general investigations, the Baltimore Harbor and Channels are getting deepened. Oakland, Inner Harbor, Turning Basin is also uh, getting widened. Those are both navigation projects. Uh, for flood risk management, there is a central city flood and storm damage reduction in Texas, as well as the Lower Missouri Basin Flood Risk and Resiliency Study. Uh, an aquatic ecosystem restoration project, the Lower Osage River and Lock and Dam Number 1. And the, uh, actually a 729 study, which appears to have replaced the Great mm -hmm. Lakes Coastal Resiliency Study, mm -hmm. which we're looking for. Uh, the Gulf uh, Intercoastal Waterway Coastal Resiliency Study in Texas. So those are the six general investigation uh, new starts. For construction, uh, the Freeport Harbor Channel Improvements in Texas, it's navigation. Uh, Port Everglades Harbor Deepening in Florida, navigation as well. Uh, flood risk management in California, we have two projects, uh, San Joaquin River Basin, Lower San Joaquin, California, and the Waterbury Dam Rehabilitation um, in Vermont. And then two aquatic ecosystem restoration projects, one in California, uh, one in Florida and California, the Dry Creek or Warm Springs Restoration Project and the South Florida Ecosystem Restoration Project. Now, as I mentioned, there's six new study starts, six new construction starts, but interestingly enough, this year the Corps 
uh, included two additional projects, which appear like new starts. Uh, Looks like a baker's half dozen. Yeah. Uh, Mobile Harbor and Mississippi River Ship Channel uh, are both going to be deepened. So again, those look like two additional projects, bringing the total to eight instead of the original six new starts that we had, uh, we had hoped for. So we're looking into that to see uh, if those, in fact, are new starts or why they're categorized differently. Uh, but in better news, finally, some of the California projects have been funded. Uh, nearly two decades those projects have been in the works. Correct. Um, so it's good to see finally getting funded. Sorry, OMB, you lose. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's a big victory. Yeah, sorry, uh, our friends over there. Um, well, you know, they had to either be rolled over or something like that. So uh, we were a part of that process, but uh, delighted to see it. You know, this, this is like um, three by three by three by three by three or something like that, you know, in terms of what it took to get uh, to where they are right now. Which but luckily the money didn't add up three by three by three no, by three. But I don't think so. <laughs> no. So, uh, but that, that appropriation for California will enable the San Clemente shoreline project to complete uh, the design phase. Uh, for those of you in the know, that's the PED phase. Uh, and the Solana Beach Encinitas shore protection project will just begin that PED phase, the engineering design phase. So, you know, I always uh, looked at it and thought, why does PED take that? It actually takes two or three years to do, usually three years. And that's the phase where they're doing all of the specs for the contractor. To, for a beach project, that means uh, where the sand is, exactly where they, they have to go. And they got a bunch of other things to do as well. So At first, they just look at feasibility, whether it's feasible. So now they're coming up with the, the real details. Absolutely. We have a new director of civil works at uh, core headquarters, Al Lee. I'm going to say it slowly. Al Lee. Al Lee. Not Allie. It's Oh, I, see. I got you. I'm a little slow. Uh, so, and Al has great experience down in the South Atlantic Division, being director of programs down there. He's been involved. He was up here for a while in Washington, uh, being acting uh, chief of planning for a while. Very familiar with the coast. And uh, a big shout out, hello to Al. Well, welcome uh, to the swamp. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he sent out a, a nice email to all the, uh, the non-federal partners talking about, how, uh, talking about his plan to revolutionize civil works. Uh, he pointed out two, well, he pointed out three things, two of which I think are particularly um, of interest. The Continuing Authorities Program, which I'm uh, confident we've mentioned on, you know, on the show many times. Um, they're going to provide what he, what he calls sustained improvements. Um, and they're actively working to implement uh, Continuing Authorities Programs and um, essentially what they want to do is, is include more non-federal participation. And that's, and that's something that we've been hearing for a long time, is how are you going to revolutionize things, is include the non-federals in a way that they haven't been before. And what that, what that really looks like, I think we know what that looks like, but it's a matter of getting those non-federals to speak up. Yeah, we've been involved in, speak in, in one or two things where they've actually done well. Um, and they can do better. And Al knows that, and I think it's important that they, uh, that they give it a try. Of course, those people who are listening are thinking of, well, they're going to include us more if we pay more. Right. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Well, the answer to that is yes. Definitely. If you do pay more, they definitely will take your money. I'm afraid so. You know, the things that we worried about uh, going back to uh, certainly George W. Bush's time was that if you paid more, you got to the head of the line. I'm not saying that Al has that in mind here at all, but there is some other folks in Congress, if not the core, 
and OMB definitely, who would like to uh, have you all pay more instead of uh, just your legal share. So, so that's good. And what's the other thing? That, the other uh, thing is waters of the United States, and I don't think we're going to get in, into that too much because it doesn't not quite really. affect our yeah. listeners as much. Uh, well, they may think it does, and, and they, some of them it may. But the Corps is a partner with EPA in issuing the Waters of the U.S. WOTUS rule, and so that there are going to be people listening to us who like the fact that this administration has rolled back protections, and there are going to be people who uh, totally dislike it. So we're going to stay right down the middle and go to another <laughs> subject. Uh, so the third item on, on Al Lee's list was revolutionizing the the Civil Works brochure. And uh, I'm not quite sure what revolutionizing the brochure means, but um, I can tell you that including things in the brochure, like the CAP program that he mentioned, in including regional sediment management program, and some of these other what I call hidden, really hidden programs that many local governments and non-federals don't know about, um, including those things would be really helpful to yeah. kind of move the needle on our backlog um, and, and get some projects going that wouldn't be funded and wouldn't have the congressional authorization if we were... Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, it's uh, the kind of thing... I, unfortunately, my computer, which goes back to the late 1980s, uh, has uh, several programs of reforms, usually by the chief, uh, that you know were designed to make things change a lot. Uh, three by three being the, the last one of those. Uh, a lot of them never got anywhere. But I think uh, in terms of including people and trying to make the core process more understandable. A more transparent, too, yes, when it gets to the OMB level. Yep. Well, that would be lovely. That would be delightful. It would be excellent. It's totally non-transparent for people to be waiting in the work plan and to say, why did XYZ get funded, but my project didn't get funded? And there is no difference in the BCR or the whatever, you know, the state, and then people start making up things. Well, I'm from New York. He doesn't like New York, meaning Trump. I, believe me, the president has other things to do down there in Mar-a-Lago, rather than think about whether he wants to allocate a million here or a million there to one project versus another. Right. So that's, you know, at least what's going on. But I do think uh, if you take a look online, take a, those of you who subscribe to Waterlog and those if, if you don't, just go on the waterlog page and we'll tell you what that is later. But uh, go take a look at what uh, the brochure is right now. And he's got, we've got links and all those kinds of things. Just go to the core thing and you understand that there's a lot that can be done to improve the uh, transparency, understandability, and effectiveness of that organization. So what else is going on in Washington, Howard? Well, we got word up. Warda bills for the fourth, uh, fourth consecutive year. Yes, we got Warda, and we are uh, going to have a member day hearing this week. This Thursday. This Thursday. So uh, that means that your representative, if he, she is not uh, a member of the subcommittee that handles this thing, can come and testify about what policy or project they would like to see included in this year's Warda. Right. Uh, this is about the second event so far that that committee has been holding on WARDA. They're determined on the House side to get something out probably by June. That's Pass what I House. heard, yep. Okay, and then the Senate will be moving shortly after that. 
So get your member. If you have something that uh, there's a project that's ready to be authorized, if you want a, a policy or something like that that you want changed, see if your member's going to have an opportunity to testify. And that way he or she can be heard. And after that, I also wanted to mention that uh, infrastructure is going to be, now that the, now that the um, what do they call that, the impeachment stuff <laughs> is uh, over, we move to something else that is less sexy, but will also go nowhere. <laughs> Whatever the billion dollar plan, and I read last night that once again, the administration is pushing its billion dollar plan for infrastructure, with only about half of it with any source of funding. All of that existing, nothing new. So taking, it's a question of packaging and all that stuff, which we're very good at in Washington. Uh, we're gonna take existing programs and tell you where the, the, they're all part of our new infrastructure program. But there is a new bill that our uh, listeners may be willing to uh, look, take a little look at. The, uh, America's Infrastructure Act it has cleared the Senate Committee, Environment and Public Works Committee. Uh, it's got to clear the Banking Committee because it's got uh, mass transit. And I read somewhere today that uh, it's not moving so quickly there because none of the members of the subcommittee that handles that on the Banking Committee has any mass transit in his or her district. So whatever, but at least you get an idea. It's surface transportation is hard meaning it's, it's going to be either mass transit or it's going to be highways. It's not water. It's not, nothing to do with water. But, and, and that's a shame because people think of infrastructure and they think they don't think of water. What are we going to do to improve coastal resilience? What are we going to do to improve the inland waterway system? All of those things, which are totally uh, aging. Well, on the Warwick website, talks about infrastructure being our nation's silent infrastructure because no one thinks about it. You drive on your roadways, we don't think about where all of your daily goods come from because most of it comes off the ship. 90%. Wherever you are right now, 90% of it has come via ship for at least part of its destination, part of its trip. So take a look at that. And in the other department of not-so-trivia, um, the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative has a grant out there that some of you may be interested in. It's a Habitat Restoration and Protection Act. And uh, I also saw that there's port infrastructure development grants that are out there. So just uh, go on uh, the internet. Uh, there's a Federal Register website or grants.gov your best is your best, best place to look for. It. And you can find those right there. Getting back to our original discussion at the beginning, talking about coastal policy and the work plan, on February 10th, the president also released his FY21 budget proposal. And I think you have some comments to make about that, Howard. See, well, considering yeah. we saw a lot of goose eggs. A lot of goose eggs. Please look uh, in, in, in that, folks, and find that there is anything coastal in the Corps of Engineers budget. There isn't. And I understand for those of you folks who look at the little stuff that, uh, you know, the little, the small numbers, there's some national programs, the Coastal Inlands Research Program. But there is absolutely, it's the first time since we've been tracking in fiscal 96 that there has been a goose egg in any president's budget for a coastal study. Uh, 
No line item, in other words. No line item. He he, President can earmark. No line item for a study. No line item for a a project uh, under construction project under um, coastal. So uh, I, I think that's ridiculous because what we do have is plenty of money that we spend post disaster, and we just don't spend the piddling amount that we need to spend and uh, to give people an opportunity to have resilience and the kind of protection that they need. Um, whether it be a beach protection or whether it be environmental restoration kinds of protection, we, we track all of that and just not getting funded. And I think that... You have budgeteers nickel and diming every single day and then one storm comes, here's 18 billion. And of course, you know, I've, you were kind enough in the latest waterlog to put one of my latest rants on that uh, or put a link to one of our latest... No, actually you put it in the waterlog. Yep. So, yeah, the readers will, uh, listeners will have a chance to read it. Yeah, it's, uh, and then the readers can listen if they want, because <laughs> I can read it right now, but I won't. But isn't it ridiculous that the same folks at OMB who nickel and dime the core over six or seven billion dollars have no problem at all putting 17 billion into a post-disaster bill, a lot of it going to coastal, because a lot of the damage is done along the coast because the supplemental appropriations are post-disaster. And a lot of that is not offset by uh, revenues, which means, folks, the deficit increases. Congress, when it appropriates regularly, has to appropriate within a set amount of money. In other words, it's supposed to not increase the deficit. Uh, and when it comes to disaster, heck, you can increase the deficit all you want to. But more than that, you know, we take a look at some of these projects, some of them have no non-federal sponsor. Some of them are just not ready for the kind of money they have. So I'll guarantee you that there is still post-sanding money which has not been expended as of this very date because that's the way we do things here. We throw bundles of money it's the post-disaster. So and take at a some look. point, then we forget about them. For, for oh, example, yeah. back bays, not funded this year. Very good point. Focus areas, post-Sandy, post recommended, nine focus areas. None of them is funded in this year's work plan. What happened? Now, we know this is a game. We know that the administration is going to lowball whatever, you know, whatever Congress is going to put in. But not including anything, that sends a message. Well, it's you, not just the figure, it's also what you're including. You it's have your work plan, which is this year's fiscal 20, mm -hmm. zero. Norfolk did get something. So after that, and then nothing in the FY21 proposal. Mm -hmm. What does that say about all of the effort that's been put in? And that incident, those studies were, focus area studies are primarily cost share studies, most of them, New Jersey back bays, all of those are uh, cost share. New York, New Jersey harbors and tributaries. Sorry, folks, goose egg. Both for the current fiscal year, the efforts that have been put in so far, stop. No need to therefore put in money for next year if the effort, you know, I, I don't so understand. So you had that project before, you got some work to do to get that into the work plan again. Yes, absolutely. That, so that's why I, I, I said it's a disaster. And, and I think uh, it, shame on us for not putting the simple thought as well as the money. It takes thinking to be prepared. 
whether you're doing that for your family and your home, or whether you are doing it for your local government or for the nation. And the kind of thinking that's done here simply is not being, or should be done here, is not being done. So that's why I wrote that. And, 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 and luckily Congress will, will have its say and, and, and plus up what the president has. Yes, for fiscal 21, so. we're still going to do something. What I don't understand is what happened in fiscal 20. And I would like somebody, one of our listeners, to tell me what, that there is some silver, silver lining, that somebody is going to come in and say, oh, no, we found uh, uh, you know, some money in the, some cemetery that was got buried by some previous chief of engineers or something like that. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from because those studies stop. End of rant. It's still going to be a problem when the next time I feel like ranting about it. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, that's all we got for today. Uh, so until next time, take care. Bye-bye.